I'm Scott. And I'm Jason. Welcome to Skipped On Shuffle, a podcast where we delve into an overlooked song by a popular artist. Today we are doing the song Citizen Erased by Muse from their 2001 album Origin of Symmetry. I'm definitely more of a casual Muse fan. Um, I, I love the album Absolution, which I'm sure if you, you listen to Muse, even um, only occasionally, you've definitely heard of that one and, and heard stuff on it like Stockholm Syndrome and... and Time is running time out. Time is running time's out, yeah. yeah. Um, but beyond that, I've only kind of heard stuff here and there. Um, but Scott, on the other hand... Is big a, Muse is, fan. Is a, just a little bit more of a, of a fan than Yeah, big big Muse fan. Um, yeah, I've been listening to them since their first record came out in 1999, Showbiz. Um, you know, we'll get into the history uh, of, of the band in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I, I first heard them and I I was I was kind of lukewarm to them. Showbiz is is a is is a messy album. Um, you know, it's 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 got you know. It was it was lambasted by the press by being like very Radiohead clone, you know, kind of kind of like a darker, louder Radiohead, um, and and that's a that's a very valid conclusion to come to after listening to it. So I remember when I first got it, I was like, oh, this is this is good, but it wasn't like blowing me away or anything. Um, but then I got to like it a little bit more, and then when this record came out, Origin of Symmetry, the second record, that was when it became like I was like, oh man, like I love this band, like this, like to me, Muse is 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 in a lot of ways, especially on. Or- Origin of Symmetry is, is 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 kind of like my perfect band, like loud, aggressive, dirty, in your face, but still incredibly musical, incredibly melodic, you know, uh, uh, competently performed by really, really great musicians who are ec- excellent in their respective fields. You know, Dom Howard, the drummer for Muse, amazing drummer. I mean, he just makes, he makes these things that sound so simple, but they're really pretty complicated if you look at it from like a drummer's perspective. And then Chris on the, I mean, he is just easily one of the best bass players in like a you know a modern rock band today. I just and then Matt, you know, piano and guitar virtuoso with the falsetto vocal like just huge band. I just I don't know. To me like I was like, yeah. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I think for me it was because uh at at the time it was like, wow, this band is like huge and anybody that's like really famous, I'm like immediately suspicious of. I'm yeah, like, I don't know. This is this sounds like a lot of hype to me. So I mean, even even coming into it, um, coming into Muse like later, um, and kind of starting with with Absolution, it's like it, it's it's taken me a while to kind of warm up to them. And uh, and I like that we did this episode because it's forced me to listen to a, a, a lot more Muse <laughs> and with 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 you know d- detached from kind of. Um, they're, they're, I mean, they're still a huge band, Yeah, you know, but, but, but I think like detached from, you know, my, my peers being like, you need to listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and, and it's cool that we're doing, uh, this particular song citizen erase, because even though this is a song that technically fits into the skipped on shuffle ethos, you know, it is pretty low on the iTunes charts at 110, which is, you know, pretty low when you think about, you know, how much material muse has and, 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 you know, how, uh, this song particularly is, um, but it's a fan favorite. 
record. I mean, this is one of those songs that if you talk to a, you know, a hardcore Muse fan and you were to say like, what are your top 10, you know, favorite Muse songs? Like generally this song is going to be in that top 10. It may not be number one for a lot of people, but it's going to be on that list because it's just to, to, this is a very, this is a very all encompassing song of what Muse is. You know, it's got the loudness, it's got the beauty, it's got the piano, it's got the falsetto, it's got this like heavy riff, you know, it, it's, it's a very de facto Muse song. So um, I'm excited to talk about it today. Um, you know, once again, as a Muse fan, but also coming from, you know, trying to put myself into your shoes and coming from the perspective of being like, okay, you know, what do people who don't really love Muse, you know, yeah, yeah, throw, yeah. Throw, throwing this on, had somebody been like, start, you know, here, I, I probably, would have ended up a bigger muse fan yeah i I think by you know getting yeah a a taste of of all that you mentioned there like the the dirtiness along with what is essentially some of the parts of the song are just gorgeous yeah exactly so uh so yeah so i'm really excited about to talk about this song and i'm sure if there's muse fans listening to this episode i'm sure they're really excited to hear us talk about it because you know like i said this is one of those fan favorite songs that are just like they just Oh my god, I love this song, you know. So, so yeah, so we're 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 on a we're on a good song today. <laughs> started uh as as a band in 1994 which uh is it's probably that probably be pretty surprising maybe to some people who aren't really uh you know super hard, diehard fans of the band they probably think you know that, that the band started a lot later than that they probably assume that they're like a more of a 2000s band but no but the band the the, the three members started to play together in 1994 um they their first original name uh, well they had a couple of names but their one that they settled on for a while was at the horrible name rocket baby dolls which is <laughs> you know not the worst i think the coldplay band name was was the worst one um what was it pectorals was uh, i don't know, listen to the coldplay episode we we go pretty hard on on their original name but uh but yeah but rocket baby doll is pretty bad um so and they were like uh like a goth rock kind of band i'm i'm you know uh probably emphasizing more of the darker weirder uh, uh elements of muse you know at the beginning uh anyway they played this battle of the bands uh and uh when they first you know started and they you know purposely didn't do that good of a job and at the end of their set they smashed all their equipment and made a big ruckus or whatever and uh, uh, they they said that they were doing it to make a statement which is something that we're going to get to later They're, this is a band with a lot of statements they're a band with a lot of things to say about the world and politics and all that um, so they, they they smashed all their equipment and played this set to make, make a statement and, and they won the battle of the bands which was really surprising to them um, so I guess after winning this, this, this event they decided they were going to be uh, more serious about like what they were doing and take, take the band a little bit more seriously. So they, 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 they all, you know, quit everything else they were doing and, uh, and started focusing only on this band for the next four years or so they played, you know, around the, the England area and, uh, you know, trying to build a name for themselves, but not really getting too far. Uh, but towards the end of that four year stretch, they started to get some stuff. They started playing in bigger cities like London and Manchester and opening up for some bigger acts. And uh, eventually they meet this guy, this producer named John Leckie and, uh, uh, John Leckie is the pr- producer for a lot of 80s new wave bands, a lot of gothic 
bands that probably really inspired Muse when they were, you know, coming up and, and, and listening to music and getting inspired for like what they were going to do. And uh, John Leckie also produced two of, of England's biggest rock records, which is the Stone Roses uh, first release and then Radiohead's The Bends. So, I mean, like this, this is like guy with like major pedigree behind him and uh, he loved Muse. He, he was really into them and he started giving them advice and started giving them some recording time. Uh, but he wasn't able to like really work with them on a pro- fully professional level because he, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't afford him. Like this is a guy who's got like, you know, huge, huge platinum records under his belt. So, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to be like to, to pay him to, to produce any of their stuff. But anyway, they're playing these big shows. They meet this big producer. Um, they're starting to make a name for themselves. They go to the United States uh, and play a show at a music festival called the CMJ Festival, which happens in New York City. And uh, they get a, a record label, sign them there, uh, labels Maverick. And uh, so, you know, they come home, they get more label deals and, and they start to really build themselves up. So in 1999, they released their first record, Showbiz, uh, which is produced by John Leckie. And uh, it does relatively well, but uh, it's not exactly a critical or commercial bonafide success, but it has some some bigger songs on it that, that sort of make a name for Muse. Uh, one of their most iconic songs from that record and one of their like career-defining tracks is this song called Muscle Museum. Muscle Museum was 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 you know a, a minor hit. It certainly was a bigger hit in, in Europe than it was in America. Um, but it it did really well. Uh, it has a, a, a pretty weird music video. Uh, the music video kind of uh, reminds me a lot of uh, the video for Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. It's got like this weird kind of you know small town motif with weird things happening. Uh, but you know, but pretty pretty big song for them Give, gives them a little bit more of a platform um, after they uh, they do showbiz they go back into the studio and they create their second album which is Origin of Symmetry um, and uh, which is co-produced with John Leckie who produced the, the first album and then this other guy David Bottrill who uh, works a lot with Peter Gabriel uh, he produced some Tool records he's definitely a heavier you know heavier rock kind of guy and um, so they co-produce this record together and uh <laughs> They, they hand in their album to Maverick, the U.S. label that released Showbiz, and they say, no way, we are not releasing this record. There's too much falsetto, of, too much vocal <laughs> falsetto on the record, which, you know, is, is, is kind of funny to think of now, you know, like that's kind of... I don't know. It's a weird thing to be like, we're not releasing your record because we of- love everything else. But this, <laughs> <laughs> this falsetto has got to go. Yeah, it's like... In, and, a- and I don't even know how you would change that and then did they want them to like re-record yeah they, like, they were like you need to re-record the vocal tracks so that the falsetto comes out i i would assume they probably were like you can leave the falsetto on the songs that are clearly yeah, not yeah, going to be yeah. singles but like you know they, they they really wanted to push the song the the song plug in baby
plug-in baby was was a, was a was a pretty big hit for them and uh but there's you know there's falsetto all over that track and so they were probably like okay we can't give plug-in baby to american radio stations because there's too much falsetto and americans won't won't get it which you know i guess is is a pretty American thing to do, but at the same time, like, I don't know, like, how could you, I, I don't know. Asking, yeah, yeah, it just seems, yeah. Yeah. Asking totally Muse to take their, to take their falsetto down is like, I don't know. It's like asking Madonna to reduce her sex appeal. Like, it's <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, I don't think people are going to dig this. It's like, what are you talking about? This is like one of the I- iconic things about what they do. It's like this, you know, self-indulgent, pompous, you know, operatic, you know, kind of thing. So I don't know how they could take that away. But anyway, Maverick says, you got to take this out or we're not going to release the record. Muse says, all right. And says they're not going to change the album. And so Maverick drops them. So Origin of Symmetry actually didn't get released in America at all uh, until 10 years later when they, you know, they re-signed with a new label and they started to want to come into America and, and whatever. So, uh, so yeah, origin of symmetry skipped over America and they focused only on Europe and the rest of the world and started touring. And, and, and this is when they started really cementing themselves as like the live act to see, like, it was like, you have to see this band live. And you know, that and, was, and yeah, not only high energy, but like technology, yeah. like screens and, and crazy concepts. Um, I, I, I I think coming at it, you should think of it as kind of like U2. Yeah. Like that kind of really just elaborate sets. Yeah. That get increasingly yeah, yeah. Even, <laughs> elaborate even, as we go. Even on the tour for Origin of Symmetry, like uh, he was still, he you know, they had cameras on their guitars. So you could, you know, they could, the screens behind them, they could see like their fingers playing or whatever. And then at one point, Matt actually smashes his guitar with the camera on it. So you can see like the guitar getting split in half, you know, on the, and then, the, you know, just uh, lights and stage stuff and and what like clearly a band that puts a lot of thought into not only the music but the production value of their show and uh, and it's only gotten bigger like I don't, I don't even know how they could top themselves on the tours that they've previously done they've got people you know doing aerial silks in the you know in the at the top of the arena they've got explosions <laughs> they've got little robots that deliver their guitars <laughs> it's just like it's really really excessive but uh but yeah so this is when that all starts to happen and um after Origin of Symmetry comes out, uh, they they go back in the studio and they release uh, Absolution, which, uh, like Jason mentioned at the top of the episode, uh, you know, it's, pro- of, it's probably where most people met Muse. For the yeah, first time. that's yeah. where probably people most start from, uh, especially here in America, because once again, Origin of Symmetry didn't come out, and Showbiz was kind of an underdog and didn't really get pushed that hard. So, um, you know, it it was kind of like. It just kind of, this is where most people begin. And uh, Showbiz, I mean, um, uh, Absolution had, uh, you know, some of their biggest hits on it with um, uh, Time is Running Out. Some other ones on there, uh, uh, Stockholm Syndrome, and even uh, Butterflies and Hurricanes had some some minor traction here in America. Uh, but yeah, but mostly Time is Running Out, which is one of their you know signature songs nowadays. Um, yeah, so Absolution is their first album, and they start touring uh, America uh, and uh, started to get bigger as you know it, it, 
a worldwide band rather than just being big in their native UK and Europe. They, uh, they started being big in America too. Um, yeah. So then, uh, based on their momentum with absolution, they quickly get back in the studio and record their fourth record, which is black holes and revelations. Uh, the big hit off of black holes and revelations would probably be super massive black hole. Massive Black Hole was, you know, much more focused on like electronic stuff and uh, brought a lot more of like a poppy sound to Muse, uh, which they've really pushed even harder as they've gotten more and more successful, especially here in the States. Um, Their follow up to Black Holes and Revelations, The Resistance features a lot of like keyboard sounds and, uh, you know, uh, much more like queen vocal effects where they have like you know, layers upon layers of vocals and really kind of pushing that pop thing, but still keeping with a lot of like their prog rock elements in it, which we're going to get to in, in a bit. Um, but uh, yeah, getting bigger and bigger with, with, with that, they start to have some bigger hits uh, on the resistance. Their big hit was uprising. Uprising obviously is, is is like a song that's pretty much just written for radio. Like you hear it and you're like, wow, this song sounds like it'd be an amazing pop radio hit. And that's what it was. And uh, yeah, and Amuse has pretty much just continued on this this effort. They've, they've sort of evolved from being this dark, weird, loud, Radiohead-esque, you know, heavy rock band to being much more of like a pop-centric, uh, you know, glossy kind of pop band was still keeping some of those pop rock elements but uh but for this track citizen erase we're going to go back to the to the roots if you could call it that of muse with uh citizen erased on origin of symmetry we hope you're enjoying this episode of skipped on shuffle Right about now, in most podcasts, you'd be hearing an ad for something, uh, but we are trying to keep Skipped on Shuffle ad-free, and the way we're going to be able to do that is through Patreon. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash skippedonshuffle. Any donations go to support the costs associated with running this podcast. So Origin of Symmetry comes out in 2001. This is Muse's second album and hints towards something that would continue throughout the band's career, um, which is just this kind of obsession with very big ideas about life and 
philosophy and the universe. Um, so the the title Origin of Symmetry comes from um, this book that um, Matt Bellamy had read, basically about um, different dimensions and how the universe is constructed, um, which he thinks is this you know gorgeous, beautiful thing. Which I mean, the universe is cool. It's pretty cool. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he he's like, no, it's real cool. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it's it, it's that's kind of the thing with with Muse is. Uh, um, Bellamy is is a pretty intense guy, not only like as a performer, but kind of these ideas that he tries to put into um, the records and songs. Um, I mean, you have an album, Drones, that is entirely about drone warfare. <laughs> uh, so, so, I mean, you, you, you very much start to get the sense of this pretty early from Muse. Um, and, and even on this track, Citizen Erased, which is uh, a reference in um, George Orwell's uh, famous novel, 1984. 1984 is an interesting thing to reference when it comes to Muse because uh, not only do they reference it on this track and 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 you know uh, the the general motif of of 1984 with like you know like you said government surveillance and and uh, the deterioration of human rights and all that kind of thing uh, this is something that they just come back to over and over and over again throughout their their career like I feel like I feel like Matt Bellamy always has a copy of 1984 like by his side so whenever he's writing a song he can just pick it up and like be like oh what am I going to reference here you know I mean uh, on uh, on uh, the resistance, they have a song called "The United States of Eurasia," which is a total reference to 1984. Um, they also have some uh, some songs where they talk about like uh, the the sashes that the characters wear uh, to to to, to uh, signify that they are part of the anti-sex league uh, in in the book 1984. Basically, if you're a Muse fan and you haven't read 1984, you should probably pick it up because you're gonna be like, "Oh shit!" Like <laughs> this is where they got that idea. Like this is where this comes from because like every page you're going to come across a Muse reference in some way. discussing Muse, I think we should mention a little bit about how Muse is essentially a prog rock band. I mean, they certainly have more of a pop element, um, but we should chat a little bit about progressive rock, which is a little bit difficult to define, um, but think of it basically as... Um, usually very musically adept individuals, people who are really good at playing their instruments um, that usually go on these, insert all these pretentious ideas um, and, and have these kind of very elaborate, multi-layered songs for, for the most part. Um, so if, if you think of early prog rock bands, bands like um, King Crimson, Genesis, Yes, um, looking a little bit later, bands like Rush, um, Dream where, Theater, Dream Theater, yeah. Um, where these, the, if if you listen to any of those bands, you can get some sense of like, wow, these people are really good at their instruments and write music that isn't so easy to, um, just kind of throw on and relax to. Yeah. Um, like like it's complicated. The the songs might have you know multiple movements. Um, and and that's really where kind of Muse falls in. So it's interesting to kind of hear, especially, um 
not being too familiar with origin of symmetry and listening to this band, um, thinking about how they tried to balance being this kind of accessible rock band, um, while also being like overly pretentious and, and, and trying to put these complex, you know, literary themes in, into their work. Um, you know, I mentioned the, the, the reference of, you know, how the universe is constructed. So they're trying to put all these things in there and, and a lot of progressive rock tends to be kind of heady and, and complicated and, and Muse certainly does that and starts to do that with origin of symmetry and certainly continues to do that throughout their career. Yeah, on their first record, Showbiz, um, there's there's some there's some weird stuff, you know. There's some some interesting things going on, but I don't think that they were uh, secure enough in themselves to really go off in the directions that they were finally able to go off in in when it comes to Origin of Symmetry. So, uh, yeah, Origin of Symmetry presents some really you know some really interesting weird stuff uh, on on the song Space Dementia. You know, there's some very complicated piano playing and some really loud weird orchestral stuff as long as some synthesizers and whatever and then on this song citizen erased you know they've got uh we're we're talking a song that's you know over seven minutes long with multiple movements and and interesting instrumentation and and just really taking like you're saying like this prog rock element and then mixing it together with not only within the album like because you know, you have a prog rock song like like citizen erased and it's right next to uh you know a pretty pretty basic pop rock song in Plug In Baby, which is, you know, probably one of their biggest hits. So you've got this, like, this mixture of, like, pop rock, you know, heavy rock, maybe even, like, a little metal, and then quiet acoustic stuff and orchestra and pipe organ, yeah. <laughs> like, just all over the map. And uh, and and I think that's one of the things that really, you know, makes me like them so much. Is It's, it's kind of like what we were talking about with our, our previous episode on the Smashing Pumpkins. Like, this is a band that that can do so much, you know? And you don't really know what to expect. You're like, oh, what, what's going to happen on the next song? Like, where are they going to take me, you know? And uh, I feel like with Citizen Erased, we're, we're, not only are we brought on a journey throughout the whole record, but I feel like this song also has that kind of journey to it. It's like, where are we going, you know? Yeah, it has, has different movements, which is, yeah, some, something else that, you know, think thinking about prog rock is it's like okay we don't need specific you know verse chorus for you know we can we can do whatever and this song like really does that where it's like okay we're gonna have you know this this awesome riff and then at some point you won't hear it again and, yeah and it'll be like this you know soft beautiful piano playing and we'll have this swirling kind of synth in the background and we'll we'll do all these different things of that yeah I, I i feel like as as not knowing too much about Muse. This is kind of this. This gives you a taste of of everything. I think that Muse fans, early Muse fans, uh, this this kind of track really defines like what they think of with Muse. And uh, it's interesting, you know, talking with you about Muse because, like you're saying, you know, earlier that you know you're not like super adept at what they're doing and you're not you know quite as familiar with their catalog as as me and you kind of started with absolution which like we mentioned a lot of americans probably started there because that was the first big record that they could get their hands on but for me like i started with showbiz and origin of symmetry so it's like i have a distinct idea of what muse sounds like and i feel like citizen erased is that sound like that's what i want muse to sound like because that's when i fell in love with them and you know where somebody like you and a lot of other americans say 
they, they started with Absolution. So they want Muse to sound more like... A, a little more polished. Yeah, a little sure. more yeah, polished, yeah. a little bit more poppy, a little bit more basic rock structure kind of thing. And so it's like, we're both like, we both want Muse to sound like this different thing. And so it's, it's interesting. I'm sure it's interesting for you to kind of come back and be like listening to this track and being like, whoa, like... I had no idea that this <laughs> what, what could have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and I think that's why this song is such a fan favorite is because it kind of sums up like what we think of as, as original Muse fans. Like this is what we think of when we think of the band sound. A lot of Muse songs are pretty dark. I mean, lyrically speaking, um, even musically, most of the time. Um, I mean, they they you know have have I don't want to call them like happier element, catchy catchy elements. Yeah. Um, but you know, this isn't this isn't a band that's necessarily optimistic about the world or the way things are going. And um, you know, th- this this song certainly talks about that. I mean, Citizen Erased. Um, that's, uh, what are you talking uh, about? That's yeah, not yeah, happy? That's, that's not yeah. uplifting? <laughs> <laughs> you mean wash me away? Is it? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this song, um, I mean, just starts out, you know, with this nasty riff. It's pretty uh, nasty. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it, it, it sounds so cool. Um, you know, it starts off with that. And then, you know, here's the opening lyrics. Break me in, teach us to cheat and to lie cover up what shouldn't be shared and the truth's unwinding so just you know fair fairly <laughs> <laughs> not exactly this, this isn't you know uh to, to like one of their one of their later songs like this isn't like you know um undisclosed desires you know like oh you know wouldn't it be so great if we were together or <laughs> or or madness like our relationship is so crazy like no this is this is like this is things are falling apart and <laughs> <laughs> and and has that kind of um you know those those kind of hints at those conspiracy theories that muse kind of plays on throughout their career um you know cer- certainly in you know the 1984 references of you know fear about you know government surveillance and and memories being changed and um lies just being accepted you know this this song kind of kind of hints at all that so i mean on, on the one hand you could take the song as um just being a a, a straight up kind of retelling of um Winston's story yeah. in, in 1984. Um, uh, but I mean, uh, on the other hand, um, you know, you mentioned those those relationship songs. Like, I guess you could put it in that context, too. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like Matt touches on that a lot with his lyrics. Um, you know, he does he does have these very pompous and, and big, huge ideas about like, you know, the world and the universe and all that stuff. And he presents a lot of scientific theories and you know, stuff that isn't quite so personal and much more, you know, big. Um, but he also does have like a lot of songs that are just like, you know, love songs, breakup songs. And I feel like Citizen Erase could be considered like a, a, almost like a breakup song, you know, especially with the uh, the final uh, the final uh, stanzas here 
in the lyrics, which is wash me away, clean your body of me, erase all the memories. They will only bring us pain. And I've seen all ever need. You know, that 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 could be seen as sort of like, you know, the government coming in and taking your soul or whatever. Or it could just be seen as like, we broke up and you should yeah. probably leave me alone because <laughs> I'm, it's I'm that, pretty messed yeah. up. <laughs> it's that choice that you have to make between, am I taking this literally or figuratively? Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, kind of, you, you could just take it both ways. And yeah. I, I'm sure he probably knows that writing this, that like, yeah, you can take this as kind of a relationship. Like, you're going to forget, you know, all about me. And, and right. then, you know, that's fine because, you know, I... I I have what I need and you know, I'll, I'll carry on the memory yeah. or yeah, the government is going to come in, you know, install a chip in your mind and, and control you. <laughs> yeah. I guess <laughs> and the only, change all that you are. The only thing that kind of uh, makes, makes me want to conclude that it's not that, or, or at least that it isn't that anymore as far as the band is concerned is that uh, we found that on the 2015 album drones, there's actually like what they're calling like a de facto sequel to this song uh, called the globalist, which is, a very long, very, you know, prog rocky kind of song uh, that is is definitely much more political. It's a little bit more straightforward. Like, this is not a breakup relationship song. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. So it's like... So, so thinking about that pairing, you're like, okay, maybe the, the song was written with the intention of... Of being yeah, more yeah. like a, a, a 1984 kind of government conspiracy thing. But, you know... For me, when I was first listening to this album and and first getting into them, like I definitely saw this a little bit more as like a breakup song, um, you know, kind of uh, kind of like a you know, I don't know, like he made a lot of mistakes in the relationship and he pushed things too far, did some bad stuff, and now he's kind of like you know. I know I messed this up and I'm sorry, you know, you should probably just move on and, and get away from me and forget everything about me. Um, maybe almost like combining the thing, maybe like maybe thinking to himself, wouldn't it be cool if we could do that, you know, mm. to sort of move on from, from these painful things that we go through, the things that we put each other through, where, whether it's relationships or family or friendships or whatever, you know, we do, you know, we, we tend to make a lot of mistakes and, and push people in directions. Maybe they don't want to go. And, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's kind of like a longing for, for that kind of control. I, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's, this is not very, um, uh, lyrically. I mean, there's, there's not much going on here. He repeats a lot of the same things over and over again. And there's, you know, it's not quite as dense of a lyrical song as maybe other muse songs kind of get. Um, so there's, there's a lot of room for interpretation here for like figuring out like, how do you identify with this particular track? Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that changes with muse as time goes on is they don't, leave that kind of like openness anymore like we mentioned like with the globalist where it's like no this is this is what i'm talking about yeah. <laughs> you know and, and and i mean you definitely get a, a sense of that when just you know some of the the titles of the albums and, yeah you know the the drone simulation theory yeah it's like no i'm 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 definitely like into these <laughs> these, yeah. these these concepts and, and i'm making like uh more you know profound statements about things Whereas like origin of symmetry, I feel like it's like, I'm going to just experiment with this a little bit and kind of like see how it goes and see how people take it. Yeah. Um, but I feel like now they're, they're certainly like, I'm not holding like anything back. Like I'm just kind of going all in now. Yeah. And I think that's, that might be a reason why, um, I've, I've considered, I've become like less of a muse fan as time has gone on. Like, you know, I know it's really hard, uh, to, to sort of, uh, you know, uh, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden, he, you know, uh, people 
when they released their their final record, well, not their final record, their 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 final record before they broke up, and and then eventually they got back together and released more. But uh, down on the upside, when they released that, you know, people were like, oh, you know, like this 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 album's really weird and it does a lot of weird stuff. And Chris Cornell was like, well, you can still listen to the old records. Like I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like we're, yeah. we're you know we're 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 going in different directions. And if that pisses you off, I'm sorry, but you still have all this old stuff. And like yeah, I I still have Origin of Symmetry and Showbiz and even Absolution to listen to to like get my muse fix but yeah but as as they release more stuff and it gets more literal and more in your face and and more like pompous you know i start to become like uh you know i start to get a little embarrassed like saying i'm a muse fan you know because because <laughs> when i say muse now people think of you know supermassive black hole and and knights of cydonia and all these you know big songs that they have now um and not this they don't yeah. think of citizen or race they don't think of this stuff where it, it is a little bit more obscure a little bit more open inter- interpretation and a little bit you know just less refined less shiny and uh yeah i think that i kind of like eh, you know kind of cringe a little bit saying it. but you know but that's just you know, you know, like bands get big and they change and they evolve and do different things. You know, you can't you can't ask a band to continuously release songs like Citizen Erase and then never grow and never become anything else because that's not how it works. So um, except for cake, except. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's good. That, that um, but yeah, I mean, most most bands for the most part, you know, they don't stay in the same yeah. place all the time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they've changed. For better, for worse. Yeah, I mean, depending yeah, on yeah. your. On yeah, your I'm sure there's people now who you know listen to them who would you know never listen to a to a song like this. Yeah, they'd go back and they'd be like, oh, yeah. like this song's weird, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> and it's not that Muse isn't weird, you know, with their bigger hits that they have out today, but it's like it just may be a little bit too dense for them, you know. It may be a little bit too much going on, but uh, but yeah, I think. I think that's what makes this song so cool and what makes me like Muse as a group at this time in their career so much. I think it's funny looking back that I wasn't more into Muse, especially um, knowing that kind of that they they have these prog rock elements in in the early stuff. Because even Absolution, I came to years after that album had come out. Um, so hearing a song like this, I feel like man, I would have been really into this band because uh, a lot of what I was listening to at this time. So 2001. Um, so I'm in high school, and like every cool high schooler, I'm super into <laughs> <laughs> listening to, to early Genesis and and King Crimson and, and getting King into these Crimson bands <laughs> <laughs> and getting into these bands that basically sound like you know slightly medieval music with classical guitar and flutes, flutes yeah. and <laughs> so but it's just funny that i didn't you know like want to get into this you know like 
cutting edge, futuristic kind of rock band. Um, so it's funny looking back now where it's like, oh, I could have been I could have been a cool kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, I'm like, hey, have you heard have you heard Red? <laughs> There's this album that came song? out in the 70s that is like amazing. Have you heard this 12 minute long Starless? <laughs> it's quite good. <laughs> um, so I, I think it, it's been um fun kind of doing this episode and and like looking back where i'm like oh i can i can really dig this now and i can see why people gravitated towards this band and and liked this band um but as cool as this song is yeah i i i feel like absolution was an interesting place to start at because it's almost left me unsure of what direction I feel comfortable going with Muse where I'm like, this is cool, but yeah, it's a, a, a far rougher band than um, I expected or that I feel like I'd enjoy. And then as we mentioned, moving to the other side, it's like, oh, this band is like almost too perfect and polished that I don't feel comfortable over there either. So um, a, l- a little bit like the, the, the Chris Cornell thing you referenced. I'm like, I guess I just have absolution and I'll just, I'll, I'll just listen to this if I ever feel like listening to Muse and, and, and just, you know, kind of like stay here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But it, it, you know, absolution is, is, is interesting because you know, my, my, my personal connection to, to Muse goes, goes, goes pretty deep and it started with absolution, but not quite in the same way that it started with you. Um, like I said, I was a huge fan of, of showbiz when it came out in 99 and, uh, you know, I, I liked the band a lot and I was really looking forward to their second record, but because I lived in the States, I couldn't get it. Like I couldn't just go to my local record store and pick it up because Maverick used to release it because it had too much falsetto on it or whatever, <laughs> you know? And it, it's not like it used to be now where it's like, okay, I just go online. I can't just go on Spotify and start listening to it. Like I had to figure out a way to get it. So I actually had to import the record from the UK, which cost me like, you know, it was like, I think with, with, with customs and all the things to get there, I think it cost me like 40 bucks. Like it was an investment yeah. to get this record. <laughs> and, you know, so it, it came to me and I got it and I was like, oh my God, I love this. This band and I was totally blown away and uh you know it, you know the internet streaming thing wasn't around so I wasn't able to easily get music that way but uh, but the internet was still around and I was still like seeing photos and and videos and seeing set lists of what they were playing as they were touring throughout you know the UK and the world and uh, I was like oh my god come to America come to America but of course they didn't because there was no record to, to promote so uh, it wasn't until Absolution came out that I finally got to see them live in America and uh, I ended up seeing I think I'd have to go back and look at my ticket stubs and everything but I'm pretty sure I saw them eight times on that first tour of Absolution and they were playing clubs I mean one of the one of the first shows I saw them at was the Bowery Ballroom in, in New York City which you know if you're from New York you know the Bowery Ballroom and you're probably laughing right now like what <laughs> but the Bowery Ballroom is a very small place. I, I would say it probably holds maybe, maybe like 700 to a thousand people. Like it's not a big place at all. Certainly much, much smaller than where you see Muse now. I mean, I, if you wanted to see Muse in New York now, you'd probably have to go to Madison Square Garden or, yeah, easy, or, or, easily, yeah. or even, even one of the stadiums, you know, like, uh, whatever, um, the giant stadium or, or one of the, the, one of the sports arenas kind of thing. Um, because they're that big and their show is so huge, but no, I was going to say they couldn't fit all the lights. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, into. I saw a Bowery Ballroom, super, super small place. And 
then, uh, yeah, I, I, I bounced around all of New England. I saw them at Boston, in Boston at, um, uh, what, what was the, it used to be, it's now the house of blues, but it was, what would it oh, used was to it be? Pa- was it paradise? Paradise. Yeah. yeah. Or paradise or, or, something. or, or something. Yeah. 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 It, it's but now, a small, yeah, a small, small venue. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then I went up to, um, uh, to Albany and I saw them up there tiny, tiny places. Cause I knew at the time I was like, I will never see this again. Like this band is going to be so big and they're going to take over America. And I know they're going to be playing huge venues and I want to be able to see them now while I can still see them in these intimate, you know, smaller or, you know, uh, places. And they were still, I mean, they were playing, they were playing time is running out Stockholm syndrome. Like, you know, they were playing songs from showbiz and from, and from this record from origin of symmetry. And uh, they played citizen erased every single time I saw them, you know, and it's like, that just doesn't happen now. I mean, like they, it, it's a fan favorite. So they pull it out quite often, but still there are plenty of times you could go see a muse show and you won't see citizen erased or, or most songs from, from, uh, from origin of symmetry. So I really like went into it. So when I, when I look back at this record and, and showbiz and absolution as well, but especially this one, I think about that time where I was like, I was, I knew like I had this, like I had this, like this, this, this perfect ticket to be seeing a band that I knew was going to be enormous and seeing them in these tiny little places and, and getting in my car and driving and putting the investment in and being like, no, like I have to do this as many times as possible. So when I think of, of, of this record and this song in particular, I think of those times and, and how cool that was and how that'll never happen again. And probably because, you know, I'm older now and, you know, I'm not really on the cutting edge of music like I used to be. You know, I don't really know much about like what's going on with newer bands. And I mean, I know as much as I can, but, you know. If you're younger listening to this, it will happen to you too. <laughs> you're just always like, I'm always just going to be listening to. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's not going to happen. You're Eventually you're going to stop listening and you're going to be like, oh, I don't know anything about these. Like, what's a Cardi B? I don't know. Idea. <laughs> you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, it'll never happen again. Like, I'll never be able to be like, I saw X band in a tiny club club before they were humongous and I'll, that'll never happen again. Like I'll never be able to live that moment. So Muse and this record and this song really brings me back to that time where I was in it, you know, in, 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 in the stream moving along with everything else. And, and uh, yeah. And, and it makes me nostalgic for that time. And also uh, just happy that I, I got to have that moment and, and can always remember and think about it when I listen to this album and, and this track. Thank you for listening to this episode of Skipped on Shuffle. Be sure to visit our webpage at skippedonshuffle.com where we have a blog and links to our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also a YouTube page where we perform the songs that we discuss in these episodes. We are trying our best to keep Skipped on Shuffle a ad-free podcast. So if you are interested in helping to support that, please visit our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash skipped on shuffle. Uh, any donations that come there could go straight to keeping uh, Skipped on Shuffle a ad-free experience and go straight to paying for the various costs that are associated with running this podcast.